What we do here is go back, 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 back. He's freaking out about these gunshots. everybody to the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Michael McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. Just like the series finale at Dawson's Creek, all good things must come to an end. Part one and two. How you doing? Uh, I, I could have done without that reference, but <laughs> it's all good. Um, no, I'm all right, dude. It's uh, it, was, it was a tough Sunday, but you know, we, we, we expected that, you know, kind of expected that kind of a game, but we'll, we'll break it down in a little bit. So it's unfortunate. We um, wrong. Yeah. I think I actually nailed it. You, you actually said, were one point off. You said 30, did I say 30, 24. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I don't think that's something to be proud of, but I was yeah, like, well, there's not. some positive <laughs> of me predicting that we're going to lose. Um, yeah. No, uh, but uh, yeah, it was tough. It was, it was frustrating, but we will get into that. So, um, just as I guess kind of what we're going to be covering today, we're going to hop into our mortal locks of the week um, that we previewed on Friday's episode. Um, we're going to hit the recap. Mike is going to recap the Raiders defense versus the Bills offense. I will take the offense versus the Bills defense. Then we will roll into our uh, first quarter awards. So we're four games through the year. It's quarter of the season. Um, I want to take a step back, take a look at you know, who the MVP is, um, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment and rookie standout. We will snake draft that guy back and forth. Um, then we'll wrap it up. Cool. Sounds good. Right on. Well, why don't you, um, kick us off with the moral lock of the week? All right. So when I say all good things must come to an end, of course, I'm talking about my undefeated streak on these moral locks. Um, I had the Texans, Beating the Vikings, or well, not beating the Vikings. The spread on that game was minus four and a half. Uh, well, yeah, I guess then it would be the Texans winning and winning by five points or more. Okay, um, the game finished with Houston losing outright, thirty-one to twenty-three. So, in order for me to even cover that spread, we are looking at about a thirteen-point swing for me to even come close <laughs> to that. So, that was uh, very frustrating and upset. As I mentioned before, when we were doing uh, like fantasy stuff, I have Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. Uh, luckily, they had really great games. And you look at their stat line and you're like, dang, how did they not win the game? Uh, Watson was 20 for 33 with 300 yards and two touchdowns. Fuller went six catches, 108 for one touchdown. And you're looking at it, you're like, these guys, they were just going off on them. How did they not win this game? And you look back at it and Dalvin Cook was running the ball down their throats the whole game. He had 27 carries, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. And, yeah, they were just – they just couldn't do anything to stop the run whatsoever. Um, felt so good that this was going to be a bounce-back game for the Texans. I thought they were good. I think a lot of people thought they were good. As we're recording this podcast, they have officially fired uh, Bill O'Brien. Billy O, yep. Hopefully he didn't do too much damage to that roster that – it's not repairable, but really no, let didn't. me down. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said let's hope. <laughs> yeah. 
no, that, that's a bummer, dude. I um, I didn't want the Vikings to win, but when they did, and when that got me one game closer to um, the mortal lock of the year standings, um, I, I was I was okay with that. Bittersweet. So, it's bittersweet, and I always thought it was you know interesting with Billy O'Brien being the GM and the head coach. I didn't know how that would work and how he would get fired because I didn't know if he would have to fire himself. Yeah. Or, GM Billy like, it, fire and head coach Billy. Right. Is it two separate conversations with the same person? You know, it's like, Hey, we want to meet with you at one o'clock and two thirty today. And they just like roll out the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we would like to relieve you of your duties as the general manager. And then like the next meeting is like, and also the head coach. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird game. Actually, at the end, Fuller almost had another touchdown. Oh, I know. Uh, I was so pissed. I was like, at least it, <laughs> you did great. Give me more. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna, no, gonna ruin my mortal lock. Give me more. Yeah, they, I mean, both those teams are just so hard to predict. It's just it was a weird game, and that's why I told you. I was like, hey, hats off to you to to, to bet on a four point favorite of two on three teams. You know, I think mm-hmm. that took some cojones. So, um, well, I guess I will. I'll shift a little bit to, to my mortal lock. Um, that it was a tough one. I went Seattle minus six and a half in Miami, but maybe th- I think things are coming around. <laughs> I think I'm starting to feel it a little yeah. bit, dude. You know, I'm two and two now, two and two, you're three and one. Like last week, I was like three games back or whatever it was, you know, two games back. But no, I, um, so Seattle goes to Miami. Um, it was a weird game, just as any Brian Fitzpatrick. West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, 10 a.m. game. Um, but they ended up holding on at, at one point. Um, so the, so Seattle scored at the end to make it 31-23. And I texted you and I said, Fitzpatrick's going to do you're, it to me. You're about to get Fitzpatrick again. <laughs> yeah, because that's what happened when it was, I think it was the first game of the year, first or second when I, uh, when I took Bills. And it was the same score. It was 31, I think it was 31-20, or no, it was 34-21. to 21. I don't know, whatever it was. Fitzpatrick goes down, leads a game-winning drive. It was the same thing here where it was like, just don't do this to me, buddy. Just don't ruin my mortal lock. So yeah. alas, he did not. Um, we took the W there and I feel great about it. You know, Russ was cooking. They're letting him do that these mm-hmm. days. So we'll take it two yeah. and two. You're three and one. You're you're humbled a little bit. Yeah, you know, a little bit. A little bit. I was riding back, high for a minute. But you were. You were right. And for good reason. You were smoking. You were smoking me here. So. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited to do our, um, our week five mortal locks. Um, and you're going to be feeling some pressure. I kind of got you on the ropes, Well, got you on the ropes where you don't want to be squared up with me going into week six. So we'll we'll see what you come out with. They say that, you know, you, you learn a team's true heart when they're facing against adversity and that's right. My back's against the wall right now and you're coming up behind me. So. We'll find out. Got to figure it out. I need a big one. We'll see how you rally the troops. Cause it's funny. Cause like this started out as like, Oh dude, nice pick, you know, really doing well. But then, like the second I smell a little bit of blood, I'm yeah. just like shit talking to you, and yeah, now yeah. it's like a battle. Yeah, you know, we got the, the first on. quarter was just really just friendly banter, and now it's you know, come week 14, 15, 16, you know, it's gonna be we're gonna be rocking and rolling here. Yeah, absolutely. But, all righty, well, um, well, I guess if you would like to take your section of this Raiders recap once again. You have the lovely Raiders defense um, versus the high-power Bills offense. Take it away, Ern. Well, once again, I really wish going into something like this where you have, where you're worried, you have pessimistic thoughts, I really wish that I was wrong in the preview that we had. And here we sit, and I wasn't. 
unfortunately. The weird thing is, is if you looked at the box score and didn't watch the game, you'd look at it and say, the Raiders defense actually didn't do too bad with how well the Bills were doing. They, uh, Josh Allen threw for 288 yards, which he's averaged 300 plus in the first three weeks. Devin Singletary only had 55 yards on 18 touches. So it's like, oh, they limited the run game. Josh Allen threw for a good amount of yards, but it wasn't like 300 plus, like I said, like he's been averaging. But it was just, it was bad. Just that defense just was giving up so much stuff all over the place. Allen did have two passing touchdowns and he also had a rushing touchdown. Singletary also got in the end zone as well. I think that the biggest thing that you noticed during the game was really just all the open passing lanes that he had, all the, uh, you know, just the yards that the, that the offense was getting and that the, I mean, on the receiving side of things, the yards that they were getting. And um, the biggest thing that stood out to me looking at these stats and it made total sense was the average yards per reception. These receivers were having Diggs had six receptions for 115 yards, averaging 19.2. John Brown had four catches, 42 yards, averaging 10 and a half. Cole Beasley, three for 32, 10 and 10.7. And then Gabriel Davis, he only had that one reception, but it was for a touchdown, 26 yards. Um, As you're watching the game, I feel like you're just seeing like them just hitting these pockets, these crossing routes, and um, a lot of cushion from our DBs, just giving them them open angles to hit these passes. And I felt like just watching it, you're like, God, they're just kind of catching everything. He's, you know, he's not having to throw deep, but he's throwing short intermediate passes and they're getting yards off of it because they're just, they're wide open and, and they're finding areas to just kind of drop it in there. Um, another big thing on the Raiders side of things was that the top six defensive players on like on uh, leading the team in tackles were DBs. And the only one that wasn't a DB within that was Corey Littleton. So you're looking at it and you're like, the cornerbacks, the, the leading tackler on the team was Eric Harris. He had eight tackles, six of them are solo. Um, so you're seeing these DBs getting all these tackles. Safety's getting the tackles. Um, it's because these linebackers are getting blocked. Linebackers aren't hitting their holes. They're not filling the gaps like they're supposed to. The defensive line, they're not getting any push on anything. They did have one sack on Allen, but that's because he just like scrambled all over the place and didn't get rid of the ball. He tried to make something happen, and they sacked him pretty far deep. It just seemed like they weren't getting – defense line wasn't getting – or, sorry, Mac, yeah, Max Crosby had that sack. But it just seemed like they weren't getting a push and they weren't getting a whole lot on the defensive line side of things. And then on top of that, linebackers are getting blocked. So all the corners, safeties, they were kind of having to come up and make the tackles. So it was just kind of a sloppy game in general um, for the defense. I just thought, you know, to kind of wrap it up, I just kind of thought that they were just – they played like shit, in my opinion. They weren't covering well enough. They weren't staying tight to the receivers enough. Receivers were kind of running open. Allen wasn't having to make any hard throws. He wasn't having to make any deep throws. He was just kind of hitting the guy that was in the pocket, and they were getting you know the yards after catch. And eh, I don't know. It was just one of those things that was tough to watch. And you're looking at it, and you know you're you're just thinking like, all right, they had some stops here and there, and but overall, it was just. Another Raiders defensive outing, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it was it was frustrating, man. Um, I think you know, like you mentioned, we only got we only got home once with Max Crosby in the sack, and but it's because of Josh Allen is why that was the case. You know, it's because what you saw the DNs do is they didn't really just pin their ears back and go right. It's they basically had to on on passing plays at least they had to be aggressive off the, off the edge, but still kind of contain because that's where Josh Allen beats you is outside the pocket. 
And so they did a good job keeping him inside the pocket. But what yeah, that ended definitely. up meaning was having seven and a half seconds to throw every play, you know? Yeah. Um, and also on that box score side of things, you look at it, Josh Allen had minus three rushing yards and he didn't really, they didn't really do any rushing with him or anything like that. It was more yeah. of him trying to escape, but he did, he did get in the end zone on foot. But for the most part, they did well at containing him, you know, and kind yeah. of through the air but not really they, they they contained him on the deep ball it seemed like outside of that one that eric harris got turned around on it was so bad he made him look mm-hmm. silly getting him getting turned around like that but i i think he only threw you know he only threw like maybe three or four balls that were over 20 yards like most of it was kind of i'm not going to say dink and dunk but most of it was like short to intermediate stuff that was, yeah, just it was kinda, the you know the kinda, seven you know, to 15 yard passes you yeah. know well, because I mean, he can throw the ball seventy yards right yeah, in the exactly. air, but that's what people think he's known for. When really, it's not. It's the you know the short, intermediate stuff. But Being that's consistent you know, with that stuff. Yeah, everything's like ten plus yards through the air, but it's not. He's not always taking shots. But he, you know, he didn't end up running. But to be honest, I think that's if you know the Bills probably went and said, "Hey, listen, we can just tear these guys up on defense, yeah. and we don't need you to win us this game with your legs," you know. I think when you face, you know, a more stout defense, like in the division with New England or, you know, what have you, like the Rams you're going to have that you have to use your legs a little bit, but they're probably like, this is a game where you just sit back there and throw the ball. You know, I'm not saying that they thought they could roll over the Raiders in general, but I think they knew they could control our, our defense. And because we played him as if he was goddamn Lamar Jackson, you know, then that's why he could just sit back there for forever because he is a threat in the run game. So. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go over to the, um, offensive side of the ball and it was, it was, it was really kind of vanilla to me, dude. Like it was kind of, there were some moments where I was like, we're, we are moving the ball on these guys. Right. We had a really long drive in the first, um, in our first drive that we ended up settling for, um, with a field goal, which was whatever. So they, sorry, I guess I'll go back. So they score their first possession, obviously. We kicked field goal on ours, seven to three. Bills go down and score um, back-to-back 75-yard drives for them. We go down on our second drive, and it's 14 to three, and we're like, okay, we got to answer the touchdown. And Carr hits Aguilar on that bomb, right, the 45-yard bomb. and gets called back for a legal formation um, because I think it was Moreau was covered up. Yep. Or he covered somebody up, but he was covered. Th- they called it for a legal formation because they said we didn't have enough people that were on the line of scrimmage when we had more than enough people on the line of scrimmage. So basically, if you get if you're a um, if you're an eligible receiver and someone covers you up, you can't go for a route. Mm-hmm. But whoever was covered up, whether it was Moreau or certain or either Moreau got covered up or he got Moreau co- was he got I, covered. Moreau he didn't got go covered on a route. Up. He didn't run a route. So it's like it would have been a legal formation if you would have went out for a pass, but he didn't. didn't. So we had enough people lined up or on the line, one more than we needed to. You need seven. We had eight. He got covered up and he stayed to block. And yeah. it was a 45 yard bomb. And then we ended for a up touchdown. for a touchdown. They called it back. So instead of 14 10, we go 14 6. And then they go field goal, uh, make it 17 6. We go down and score a touchdown, 17 um, 13. And that's how we roll into, into halftime. But you know, just looking at um, this, the rhythm of the game was off in a sense. It felt to me like they tried to establish the run early with Jacobs, but just like the the Patriots did, they had a plan for him. More often than not, they had 
you know, six, seven, eight guys in the box. And so, you know, which is fine, right? It's okay if, if Jacobs isn't the vocal point of the whole game, but he ended up with 15 carries, you know what I'm saying? And, and for the most part, the game um, outside and until the fourth quarter where it got to a 30 to 16, where it was two possessions, it was a one possession game. And we're supposed to be this team that's like, we want to pound the rock. We want to just go, you know, four, five, six yards, just keep moving the sticks, whatever. And it, it just, we ended up getting into a shootout with, like with ourselves, you know? It's like Carr threw the ball 44 times, which that's not his bread and butter. Like you look at, if you look at the stats, he was 32 of 44 for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And you're like, great. But that's even like, that's just not his game. Right. And so we, we just want to get into a shootout, which is even counterintuitive because we can't get a damn stop on defense. So why can't we just run the ball? Why can't we control it? Just it's what we did with the saints. Right. When when we got down early with the Saints, we stuck to our script, stuck to our game plan. And we're like, no, we're going to get long sustaining drives. This is how we're going to get back in the game. We're going to get our defense fresh. But instead, we have Derek Carr throwing the ball 44 times. And I do like Carr and his arm talent. I just think I don't know. I, I, I think it's not his game. I think he's more explosive and more effective off the play action. And we know we kind of have an identity crisis right now. We kind of don't really you know, we feel like if we get down early in a game, then we have to get into a shootout. And I just don't think that's the case because when we were down, you know, we were down, I guess, 14 to three. So that's two possessions in the first quarter, but it's the first, first quarter, dude, you don't have to get into a shootout then, you know? So I don't know. It just seemed like a little out of rhythm. It seemed like Jacobs, once they took him away, was not a focal point. Carr had two touchdowns. He did have a big fumble. What it came down to was, was the last three drives, right? And so the last three drives ended up being, well, I guess, yeah, two of the last three drives. We had a fumble in what ends up being, I believe it was the third quarter. So we were going down to score, fumbled. They came back, touchdown. Waller fumbled, right? Um, so I think it was Carr fumble. Oh, Carr's fumble. You're, you're sure talking about Carr's right. fumble first. Yeah, that yep. was because yeah, Waller so was in the fourth. we're in Buffalo territory on the 36. And then, yep, yeah, so that was when Carr threw out to Waller and then Norman punched it out. So then that turned into them going down, scoring a touchdown. We turn the ball over on downs. They end, or we end up, sorry, we end up punting. They end up punting. And then we go down again. And that is where Carr is sacked and fumbled. So basically, we had two drives where we we're inside the 35 of Buffalo in the, in the fourth quarter. And that was really what the game was. Because um, then, you know, we, it was 30 to 16. So I think it was 23 to 16, fumble. Buffalo goes on and scores 30 to 16. We're driving again, fumble. They punt. We score a touchdown with two minutes left. Um, it was just it was frustrating. I mean, I guess getting back to the to the scheme of everything and to our strategy, it just seemed like we we were out of whack. I didn't seem like we were consistent. It didn't seem like once they shut down what we wanted to do with Jacobs, we just kind of threw through the book out. Like, sure, he's still what I think he was fifteen for forty eight, three catches and twenty five yards. Cool. So that's seventy five yards total, but that's still only 18 touches. And this is the same thing I said in new England, where even though the new England game was 36, 20, it became a blowout very late, but I feel like we just threw the script out, you know, and maybe I'm just trying to assume what the script is with, with John Gruden, but I'm like, it's more about identifying what are strong points of our offenses. What you have to look at is if your defense cannot get turnovers, cannot get to the quarterback, you as an offense have to be either, very explosive <laughs> or you have to be able to have quality drives and quality drives is not just points. Quality drives can be 
long sustaining drives that we end up flipping the field or, or whatever the case, right? But you have to be, and it's easy for me to sit back and just say that, oh, you have to have better drives, but it's not about the result. It's about how they attacked, if that makes sense. So it's like, you could have a, you know, four play, what was it? Four play 80 yard touchdown drive before the second half against the Patriots, but it was one catch PI, one catch, one yard fullback or tight end toss to Moreau. So yeah. it's like, oh, that looks like it's explosive on paper. It's like, no, we actually got a 40 yard yeah. passing clearance call. All I'm trying to say is like, it just didn't seem like we had, it just seemed like we were trying to play their, their ball too much. It seemed like we wanted, you know, oh, this Bill's offense is so explosive. We're going to get in a shootout with them and have Carth with the ball 40 plus times. And I just don't think that game turned out to be that way. I didn't think it, you know, if you would have told me Carr was going to throw the ball 40 times, I would have said either we lost 50 to zero or, you know, it was 48 to 48, you know, whatever. I'm just, you know, not like, a, oh, it was 23 to 16 late in the game. And then they ended up winning 30 to 23. So I just, it's frustrating. It's just frustrating because Jacobs has to be incorporated more. They can't just take him away. And then because and this goes against what I said about the New Orleans Saints game, but it's because we made those adjustments and, and, and executed, but we, with no Trent Brown, with no Edwards, no rugs, and we're relying on Renfro, Zay Jones and Aguilar, and they're going to double Waller every time. We can't just go into this air raid mode. So it was a frustrating game. Yeah. The stats don't tell the whole story. I don't know. It's not about, it's not about the stats or the points. It's a, you know, it's about winning. And and if you can't win and if you can't recognize that your defense fucking sucks and they can't get off the field and they're not going to get you turnovers then you can't have self-inflicting wounds, then you can't fumble the ball inside the, you know, inside the red zone twice in the fourth quarter when you're trying to make a comeback. So they did it to themselves. And I think once again, you know, we talked about, it's very similar to the Patriots game where, the, the defense kind of was like, Ben, don't break, you know, against the Patriots. They allowed some big plays, but also they were just on the field so much. And and the Raiders weren't able to convert those long drives into points or even, you know, turn in, you know, their possessions into long drives just because to give the defense a rest. So, you know, it, it's frustrating and we did it to ourselves. And I don't, this is not, this isn't going to sound good, but I think I, I was at a certain point yesterday where I'm like, I, I love Derek Carr for who he is as a person. I think it's really great for what he stands for. I think he's a great leader. This might be his last year. Yeah. This it, it for a couple of reasons because well, a if we don't make the playoffs or we go sub five hundred, I think he's out regardless. I think in twenty twenty one, he um, there's like not a ton of dead cap hit if we cut him. So I don't want to cut him. I really like him as once again as a person. I think he is a great player at times. I just don't think he's what we need. Or he isn't going to be able to win us a championship. Yeah. And that's the and thing. I, and, and, and who, and okay. So how many quarterbacks in the NFL can, right? Let's just name them. Uh, Mahomes, Lamar, let's go. Russ, um, Rogers, Rogers, Josh Allen's getting there, but you, you would probably only say like a handful, right? Yeah. I think than, Brady, Brady is not going to be the reason that the Buccaneers win the championship. Breeze isn't going to be the reason that they win the championship. So, or whoever, you'd name the other good teams, the Niners, Jimmy G's not going to be the reason. He sucks. Nick uh, Foles might be the reason the Bears win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. it, it's kind of wrong of me to be like, he's not going to win us a championship. So I'm not saying just get rid of him. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, can he man, elevate us to that point? Can he get it? Yeah. And, and, and cause our team's not good enough to, to then, you know, carry us there. Right. We can't collectively get there. If, if you can't do that and you're not talented enough to get there yourselves, you have to have 
this outlier, which is the Mahomes and the Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers is throwing to freaking third string receivers all day and throwing for 350 yards, dude. And I know he is an all time great, you know, one of the best, just throw the rock and, you know, is very special with his arm talent and, and whatever. But I'm just saying like, that's not DC. So what are we going to do? So then are we really going to, the reason I'm saying all this is because I'm pissed off. Number one, but number two is okay. If we, we should know that by now, Gruden's had him for three years. So why are we throwing the ball 44 times? Right. We weren't down 21, dude. We weren't down three or four touchdowns. We were down three and then we were down 10 and then we were down three and then we we're down 10. Then we we're down 10. Then we we're down six. It's like, those are just one or two score games, maybe, you know, and like, let's just get into a rhythm of ours. You know, it just seemed like we were so out of control where they just forced our hand and we just wanted to get in this old Western shootout. I don't know if Gruden was trying to prove something, but it just, it pisses me off, dude. So I don't know. I, hear you. I, yeah, I didn't really plan on getting that worked up about it, but um, it's not think, surprising that that happened. I, cause I can, I completely agree with you. And it's as you, as you talk through it, it just like you get and another thing and another, and you just, you know, I, so I completely get that. I think that we very well could see, and it may even be like best case scenario for DC. I think that we see potentially we draft a quarterback high if we're in the position to potentially get someone and he's on a very short leash of when will he get replaced in 21, 2021. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and that, and that really, might be that that might not be best case scenario that that'll probably be like mid-grade scenario best case scenario is he balls out we get to the playoffs and they run it back again but i i agree I, I don't know i thought the same exact thing i don't know if he is good enough to elevate us to a championship and he's good yeah. enough to lead a team in 2016 that made it to the playoffs and it was very unfortunate that he broke his leg but i don't know it's hard to you know yeah, it's hard to it's hard to think that he potentially could. And I don't know if you saw some highlights of Trey Lance over the weekend, but <laughs> well, it's yeah, dude. And and what I'm saying is not like, you know, I'm coming for his, you know, I'm out for his head. But if you just look at his, his first quarter numbers, he's basically at a little of 1100 yards, which comes out to what a, a, sh- a shade over 250, you know, call it 275 again. No, not 275, 273. 273. Okay. Um, eight touchdowns, no picks. Passer rating, 113.6. Those are good numbers. Mm-hmm. 73.6%. Those are good numbers. Okay. But that's why I don't really even care. I don't even really care about those numbers. I think we have, we have had to, we, if you look at his, his average yards per attempt, it's 7.6. That's not a lot. Josh Allen had eight less completions or like five less completions, but only 10 less yards or something like that than than DC, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like the, it's just different, dude. And and if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. There's certain times where it's like, he just throws it away. Or there are certain times where he just, I don't, just takes a sack. There's, and it's not, it's just, he's limited in certain areas. And I think he is best as a complementary piece of an offense where you have a strong running game and you have a strong tight end like we do that can work between the numbers and he can feast there. He's not someone that's going to play backyard football. And I'm not saying everyone has to be Mahomes. We just get reminded twice a year why we should want one of those guys. But this is where the, the league's turning into, right? And you have to adjust and adapt. And so that's why someone like Kyler Murray is going to be, is going to work out because everything is now East to West. It's not North South, right? That's how the game is being played. So I love DC and there's nothing more than I want than for him to be our quarterback and for him to be the answer. But I just sat there and saying like, am I just fooling myself? Cause I like the guy as a person, you know, yeah. because I think he's a good dude, but 
I don't know. Yeah. I'm done well, with that. And um, to put it in a perspective too, that 7.6 is second highest in his career for average yeah. yards uh, average per completion. Yeah, uh, average is 6.9 yards per completion. So that may be nice, but that's not. So you're talking. You're talking over his career. His career average is yeah. 6.9 yards yeah. per completion, um, which is nice, but not great. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's how it was. So Bills win 30 to 23. They covered the spread. I was off a point on my projections. What did, what did you have? Do you remember? I, uh, 34, 30 Bills. Okay. We're pretty close. Yeah. But yeah. Well, let's get into, maybe let's try to tie a bow on this and, and make some positivity. But um, first quarter awards, what we wanted to do is just look at, hey, this is the first quarter of the season's done. It's been a weird 2020 year in general. It's been a weird 2020 NFL season. Raiders are two and two. We'll take it, whatever. Um, so we have four categories. We're going to roll right through this. We have MVP. We have biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, rookie standout, quick little tidbits about each one. It's going to go snake draft. So Mike is going to start with the MVP. Then, then it's going to go to me. Then I'll take biggest surprise. Then he'll go biggest surprise. You get the, you get the idea. Cool. Sounds good. All right. We'll start uh, off with your first quarter MVP. So my first quarter MVP Ironically enough, Derek Carr, <laughs> as we just went on this, you know, no, I did. Tangent. You, you didn't do that. I did. Yeah. Well, I agreed with you. I was, I was the yeah. driver in the uh, bank robbery. So yeah, I'd like you, like you stated there, he has um, right about 1100 yards, uh, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, he's got career best 273 yards a game, uh, 113.6 raw rating, quarterback rating, 77.R QBR. Uh, which are all career best for him. And he's doing, by and large, tell me if you've heard this before, but Derek Carr has great stats. And, uh, you know, his accuracy is is doing really well. I believe he's right around 73%, which is pretty close. I think it might be a career high as well, or it's, it's very close to, but really good. You know, he's very efficient. I think that's where you were kind of talking about as like he's, you know, like that complimentary um, type of guy. He works best as an efficient you can trust in him, but he's not going to outsling you. But I, he's done great so far in these first four games. He's played kind of the way we've needed him to play for the most part outside of having four or five fumbles already. You know, you say that he, you know, he hasn't thrown any interceptions. That's great. He has, but he hasn't not turned the ball over, you know, and that's, right. that's a crappy part of it. And that kind of, you know, negates the whole not throwing any interceptions. Um, I think you look at the first two games we played. And the second two games we played, and you can say we miss, we're missing two big weapons on offense and our rookie receivers. So you look at Derek Carr when everything when everything's perfect around him, he's really great. When he's got to try to make other people get elevated and make people like Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Renfro, you know, elevate their game, not so much. There's you know issues around it. So um, first four games, he's done great, great stat lines. I think he's done really well managing. Um, the offense and whatnot. So that's my that's my MVP. I like it. No, I know. And I kind of just went on a tangent right before you're about to make him your MVP. But <laughs> I think I agree with a lot of things what you're saying. I was thinking more so big picture, long term. That was mm-hmm. just my question. Yes. That's what I was thinking For about sure. after the game. So uh, my MVP is um, Darren Waller. I think he's he's been awesome. A little bit um, in the first game. He, so he started off slow, right? So the first game, I think he only had a couple catches for 44 yards or something. But then there was the big... Big Monday night game against New Orleans where he's on a national stage um, and showed everyone what I feel like we've known for the last year and a half um, is that he's really good. 
So yeah, all in all, I mean, he's had some, he's had some solid games. New England just completely took him away in, in that third game, but you know, he's, he's, he's really just, and he's just our, he's our number one right now. You know, he has, you know, right around 250 yards to the first four games with one touchdown. So that even then that's where he still needs to be more involved, but first week, eight targets, 16 targets, then the four targets and 12 targets last week. So he got back on track um, last week with nine catches and a little under 90 yards. Um, but he's just, he is a vocal point. And I think it's the, obviously these numbers would be different if we had the likes of Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards or just someone to take the load off him. So I'm excited to, to see him continue to rise to, to start him. Cause we definitely, uh, we definitely need it, but mm-hmm. he's my MVP. Um, I think there's a reason we went to offensive players for the MVP. Um, I think Josh Jacobs has been great. Um, he's been as advertised, got was a little bit, you know, like I mentioned, just slow it slowed down the last couple of weeks, but that's how it goes. It's all about game plan and scheme. So Waller's been great. He's been um, really great to have for DC. And I think it's going to be good. And I don't think it's always going to show on the box score because he's going to get, he'll get bracketed with a back or a safety or he'll get whatever. So he can be a distraction. He can be a vocal point of the offense. I think regardless, he's a great do it all tight end. And I'm, I'm excited for him and I'm really happy to have him. Yeah, definitely. It, it's been, um, you know, and, it's been great. We saw him do great things last year and, you know, he's kind of coming into his own this year on being more of a household name, which you love to see getting up in that conversation, you know, with Kelsey and Kittle and, you know, in that, yep. that top five range, top three range. So agreed. Yep. Um, well, snake draft. So I'm going to go, I go twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'm going to go to the biggest prize and this kind of goes back to um, when we were originally breaking down the roster and saying like, Hey, what are some areas that you like? What are some areas that you don't like? And I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, a position or a player in a group, a positional group that I was afraid of was the secondary. And I just said, Hey, I think we're young. I think, you know, we have someone in Trayvon Mullen who played a handful. He played three games last year, six games last year, whatever it was. And then now he's our number one corner. You know, that's where we're at. Um, so that scared me. It scared me just from an experience level. And at least the first four games, we have matched him up against their number one um, every game. So when you look at the Carolina game, um, we had him on DJ Moore. When you look at the Saints game, obviously, you know, Michael Thomas. So they put him on the next best guy there, um, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders, like you mentioned in that preview. New England, he was running around the field with Edelman, Akil Harry. And then this past week, he had to, he had to cover digs, which is not an easy, easy task. And Playing corner is is just the hardest. It's outside of quarterback, the hardest position, one of the hardest positions to play in man to man, right? I think zone is is obviously easier, but when it's just you against the other guy, and um, and, and there's so many penalties that lean for the offense, it's just kind of impossible to be great on defense. But I, I've been really impressed with him, dude. I think he's done a really great job. I think they wanted him to be more aggressive in the run game. You've seen him fly up and make some plays in the run game, day in man to man with these. You know, there's some good receivers with, you know, Diggs, DJ Moore, Sanders, you know, Edelman, those guys aren't, you know, they're not top five receivers, but they're definitely up there. And I think he's done a really good job and held, held his own. And for a, a positional group that scared me and still scares me, he's like the, the consistent person that you can trust. And I think that's why I'm surprised and I'm excited to see kind of where he takes off and have that whole, that whole uh, secondary really shape coming to form. But it starts with him and I think he's done, he's done awesome. Yeah. And I think the best thing that uh, could have happened for him was um, Gary on Conley getting traded last year. So he yeah. did have have that time to kind of jump into that because they were hoping he would come along and he didn't. And so, yeah, I completely agree. It's been great. You see 
he completely shut down Sanders in that Saints game. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Edelman did pretty bad um, in the New England game. So you're seeing he's matching up. And to be a number one receiver on any NFL team is, you know what I mean, good. You know, you got to be pretty good at what you do. Yeah. So and the fact that he's been able to kind of just lock up on that, I think the biggest, you know what I mean, you look at the biggest issue that he had against somebody and it was Jared Cook and gave up that touchdown. You know what I mean? And that was a <laughs> yeah. tight end. So, but it's like six, eight. Yeah, exactly. So gotta love um, it. well, kick it over to you then yeah so um my biggest surprise and it's purely based off of uh purely based off of what i'm seeing and it's not even a stat sheet it's a little bit of the stat sheet and i'll, I'll read off a few stats <laughs> they're good but my biggest surprise is alec ingold um fullback love some fullback love you gotta uh you know and john gruden loves his fullbacks and i think we're seeing you know even just these first four games we're seeing him getting kind of acclimated but also you know used a lot more in the offense. He scored the very first touchdown on Allegiant Stadium ever. In case people didn't know, he hurdled a guy last week, <laughs> which was awesome. And he didn't know fullbacks could jump. You expect him to lower their shoulder. Um, I think he's just doing well overall. And, you know, he's not being asked a whole lot to contribute. But when he does, he's there and he's making plays. He's been targeted five times in the passing game. He's caught all five passes. He is averaging 8.1 yards a target in the passing game, which is pretty nice for a fullback. And in full full fullback form, he has eleven rushes for sixteen yards. So Yeah, that's um, a fullback. Yeah. <laughs> See what and, and and what they don't put on here in pro football reference, um, which I think is gonna start being normalized as a very important stand is the fullback assist. How many times has a fullback assisted someone in scoring a touchdown? And I think if we had those numbers incorporated on some, you know, more higher name websites that keep these stats, we'd be seeing a, a little different story on his efficiency too. So, uh, yeah, Alec Ingold, biggest surprise first four, first quarter, the word. Yeah, um, I love that. Go fullbacks. <laughs> Shout out John Ritchie. Yeah. Twice he's made the appearance on the pod. Um, okay. Well, no, you're going again. Biggest disappointment, snake draft style. Oh uh, yeah. So my biggest disappointment. No surprise that the good awards went to the offense. One of the bad awards going to the defense. Uh, Biggest disappointment is Malik Collins. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to do is bring someone in to shore up the middle to really um, be able to get to the quarterback, but also just be able to control control centers, control guards, and just really plug up that middle and be effective there because we felt really good about our young DNs. You know, Mo Hirsch is great and uh, is actually – doing better than Malik Collins is this year. He's been a lot more efficient. He's not getting that many snaps for whatever reason. He's not getting a whole lot of playing time, but he is graded as one of the more efficient players at his position when he does get to play. We brought Malik Collins in for a one-year deal worth $6 million. 5.75 of that was guaranteed. So it was like, we're going to basically give you just about everything of your contract come in. You know, it's a prove-yourself contract kind of thing. He could earn up to $7.5 million based on certain incentives and just like the contract language within it and and all that stuff so you know you're looking at potentially paying out 7.5 for sure having to pay five and three quarters and it's just someone that's been essentially non-existent on our on our defense and not living up to what we brought him in for so really hoping he can turn things around you've got his old defensive line coach as our defensive line coach and rob marinelli you would think that that type of scheme and all that kind of stuff he would just be able to fall right into right into place and just ball out from the get-go and i think that he probably has 
shown a lot of the other players, like getting them to buy into this because he's been part of it and he knows how it can succeed and all that stuff. But as far as the production is concerned, he's not, he's not showing his, uh, you know, his contracts worth. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been frustrating. And I think, you know, I'm going to say on the defensive side of the ball, I, I agree with the, um, the Malik Collins because what it comes down to is it's, it's the expectations versus reality, right? It's, it's, what did we expect? I'm like, man, I expect Trayvon Mullen to probably struggle. And I feel like he has surprised and done a really good job. I, you thought the same about, um, Alec Ingold, more of a surprise implementation into our offense and then disappointment with Collins. Like, Hey, we signed you to be the guy. He's a captain. He's a captain on our team. And then now he's, he's just getting his ass kicked on the line. And, but I'm going to go with another free agent acquisition. That's Corey Littleton. So we brought Littleton over for three years, um, 12 a year. So three at 36 to be the dude. And we felt like we, we lucked out with him 25 years old. Raiders have the last five years, not evolved at the linebacker position, you know, to hear Whitehead manning up our middle of the defense for the last couple of years, but we haven't adapted to having that run and chase linebacker going on sideline to sideline. And when we got Littleton, we felt, very fortunate and very, very great for him. He, he runs like a safety. He plays the, you know, he plays the run well. He plays a pass while well. we were really stoked for him. So he's just struggled. Like it's not something that's like, Oh, he's benched or anything like that. He's just struggled and he's missed tackles and he's been beat in the passing game. And you're just, it's you're, you're waiting for those flash plays and you're waiting for those. Oh man, that's why we got Littleton, you know, and it's, it just hasn't been there. So it's really hard to, quantify it's hard to go through linebacker stats and be like well this is his amount of tackles or I could tell you about his missed tackles but I don't want to you know be negative here so but it is something where I think he just needs to step up and I think when you look at both of our examples of our disappointments they're free agent acquisitions yes Malik Collins came over with Rob Marinelli but you have to take into consideration the shortened training camp really no training camp at all um, and then the no preseason games so it's like Yes, these guys, you know, Collins is familiar with the system. Littleton is healthy and he's a stud, but they still got to get used to playing with each other. Everything still does funnel under Paul Gunther at the end of the day. So I think what you're seeing is just two guys that haven't caught on yet. And I hope that we're able to look back for our second quarter awards and be like, biggest surprise how these guys turn it back on, you know? So I think what we're both talking about is really just two two people that we thought were going to be staples in the middle of our defense because that's where we struggled. D-tackle up the middle, D-tackle middle linebacker, give us, you know, Littleton's a strong side linebacker, but still give us some stability. Give us some stability because we're worried about our corners. And now we got two liabilities right up the middle. And the Patriots proved that by rushing for, I think they're still running the ball on us right now. Yeah. I could be wrong. Somewhere but. Sonny Michelle is still out running. <laughs> Rexford at 15 touchdowns. But no, that, that's where I'm, that's where I'm going to go. And then let's cap this off with rookie standouts. I will close this. I think I'm going to, not trying to be in a negative mood. I think I'm in a sarcastic mood, but I was telling you before this, I'm like, I don't know who to pick. Um, Ruggs is hurt. He only played one game was really just an act in the second game. Edwards is hurt. He played, I think two and a half games. Um, Yeah. He he went out in the middle of the Patriots game. Then we got Arnett who's hurt. And then we got, uh, what does it come down to? Then it's Muse is uh, hurt too. Muse. Uh, Oh, that's right. We had that one guy that we traded Lynn Bowden. Um, so that was a third round pick. So we have Edwards who's hurt, Lynn Bowden's we traded, Tanner Muse is hurt, Amik Robertson was inactive. Um, and then last game against the Bills, First he play. was playing zone and everyone else was playing man and he got beat deep. So that was really awesome. Um, and then John Simpson, hey. right? John Simpson's a guy. 
And I think that rounds it out. Yeah. yeah. So and I know that wasn't in order, but it, all in all, it's a lot of injuries, but also the ones, you know, some people that have played are still, we're still waiting them to, to turn it on. So where I'm going to go is to Brian Edwards. I think he's been a standout as far as how quickly he's picked up the offense. It kills us for him to be out of the lineup because with rugs out, um, you really thought saw it as an opportunity for him to step up and he had some good plays early in the new England game, but I think he's going to be someone that when he's back and healthy and I'm glad they're not rushing him back, but when he's back and healthy, you're going to sh- see him kind of take over as that true X receiver in our offense. Cause we need it. We need someone to flank out and be that true X for us. What Tyrell Williams was supposed to be. And, and cause rugs, we need to be able to move all throughout the offense. Renfro we need to be able to move, but um, I'm really impressed with Edwards from what I've seen. I hope this isn't just lingering injuries for him, but I think we're going to look back at the end of the year, at least I hope and be like, he, I'm good if he has a better year than rugs really, because yeah. I think what we have in rugs is really just a weapon. And I, and I hope he can be explosive Tyree kill ish, but I think Edwards is someone that's going to be steady Eddie and be a good factor in the run game in the past game. So I'm going to choose Brian Edwards. I'm going to go out on a positive. I'm going to close the book on week four. And I'm going to let you take us home with your rookie standout in the first quarter. All right. So, yeah, um, I completely agree with you and everything you just said. And also, like, this is a little tough picking a standout out of our rookie class when it just seems like they're all injured. You know, they're all. Or in Miami. Yeah, or in Miami. They're either all hurt or in Miami. Yeah, so my rookie standout, I'm going with another guy that's hurt, but Damon Arnett. I think you saw he he struggled in that first game against the Panthers. Robbie Anderson double moved him, took her to the house. But then he comes out against the Saints, leads the team in tackles. He had seven solo tackles. Um, I think he you're seeing him kind of start to pick things up and really kind of get in his own, get in a rhythm in the uh, third week against the Patriots. He's obviously not jumping out in the stat book um, outside of you know being top tackler in the Saints game. Doesn't have any picks yet, anything like that, but. There are a few different plays that kind of showed you that he's kind of like getting in a rhythm and, you know, his anticipations are great. The way he's kind of flowing and whatnot is great. First one being the uh, the ball that he broke up that Trayvon Mullen could have had an interception on if he wasn't flexing on the receiver because the ball bounced yeah. straight up in the air. But you look at the play and they were essentially manned up and they basically did deep crossing routes with a couple of their receivers and, he knew he had safety help over the middle. As he's going across, he sees that another guy is coming across his face, passes him off, breaks back, gets his hand up, breaks up the ball. Did a really good job in anticipation. Now, that's definitely risky because you look at it and you see the quarterback looking at that guy, and then all of a sudden Cam Newton puts it in the opposite corner, and Eric Harris doesn't cover your receiver like he thought he would. And then there was another play where Patriots were on like 10 or 15-yard line, He's manned up. Um, I think it was on Nikhil Harry. He's playing that inside because he know he has help over the over the top with the safety. You know, there's a shortened field because they have the end zone. And he goes, he's playing inside, back completely to the quarterback, sees the receiver get to the um, the back of the end zone. And you can see he's just standing there staring at his hips, watching his hips. The way he goes, he goes right. He instantly went right, stuck on him. I think Cam ended up throwing the ball away. It was an incomplete pass. But you're kind of seeing these things that even though he's not popping up on the stat line, you know, he's he's figuring it out. He's kind of going with the flow and using his anticipation to make plays or, you know what I mean, stop them from being able to make plays. So I, I think yeah. that he's he's looking really well. Unfortunately, he's hurt. Probably going to be out for a few weeks. 
I hope to see him continue to get better, but I think he's done pretty well on film. Yeah, no, I, I, I like those two plays. That's a good breakdown. For me with rookies, I think you, I expect, if, if you're on defense, I expect there to be communication errors. I expect those things to kind of get worked out um, on the offensive side of the ball. I expect maybe at one wrong route here or there or missed assignment. I think what you don't want to see is what we saw on tape when you were in college to not pan out on the, on the screen, on the film, whether that's you being in the starting lineup because we drafted you to be um, or not being able to run as fast or not being able to be aggressive. So I think everything we saw from Arnett at Ohio state is who he is right now. Yeah, I think he is a tough in your face. You know, he's going to use his instincts. He's going to take chances. The best corners do the best corners use their instinct and take chances. And maybe he needs a couple more games under his belt for us to completely trust him. But I, I totally agree with you where it seems like he finally got in control and then you started seeing, okay, this guy's kind of a dog, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of got that long rangey gliding Trayvon Mullen on the other side. And you got kind of this, you know, kind of in your face, our neck guy who's just press right. coverage. And you, yeah. And and so it's just kind of, you know, he's scrappy and, and in your grill. So I, I really like him. So I definitely agree with that. And that kind of was my thing with Brian Edwards is like, Oh no, he's injured too. But I feel like what we drafted him for, we saw on film um, and he got passed on because he had an injury before um, the draft but then it's like he was fully healthy rolling in. So I'm really stoked that we were able to get him and I'm excited for both of their roles. I know it's going to be, I think we talked about it, but four to six weeks with Arnett. I think it's going to be a week by week thing with Edwards, but hoping to get those guys back in, in for the home stretch. So yeah. that's it. That wraps yeah. up Q, Q1 business world. First quarter of the NFL schedule. So we're on to week five. Yeah. We're on to week five. So yeah, it's going to be great. Um, hopefully, we see things change around and pick up. Hopefully we can get back to the Raiders that played the first two games of the week and not the Raiders that played the uh, second two games of the, of the, sorry, of the season. But yeah, um, as always, we appreciate all the support. Go subscribe, rate, review. You see it on Twitter. You see it on Facebook. Share it. Get it out there. Get eyes on the podcast and, and you know get those questions submitted. We already got one ready to go for our uh, preview pod and, and you know get some more in. Let us know what you guys think. and. We'll see you. See you at the end of the week. All righty, let's rock. We got the Chiefs, by the way, and that's gonna be fun to talk about. So, Ooh, yeah, we got, we lucked out so much. I mean, not that you know, not that it gives us a huge advantage, but we lucked out that they got a Monday game that got pushed out, coming up yeah. on a short week. Probably doesn't matter. They could play like, this Saturday before they play us, and I would yeah. still be worried. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we could roll into a double header. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mahomes plays left-handed. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Run on, bro. All right, cool. Yep. We'll see you next time. See you soon.